just playing like butterwood melt not sure if that story is going to sell but like i don't really care i support her regardless of what happened with the throuple Fabulous. With your hosts, lifelong friends, Stephanie Hogan and Kevin Loftus. This is our podcast where we talk about pop culture, true crime, life, and whatever we want. Everything is alleged. We will not be accepting cease and desist at this time. gonna be a quick little episode today because i was editing one that me and stephanie did and i just couldn't i can't it's 9 47 right now and i have works too before i go to sleep and i'm gonna be up you know what i mean so i'm just not doing that right now but i'm in great form it was pride weekend here we hope pride so there was like so much going on so I had my parents in town, which was so lovely. They get a, got in Thursday. And we honestly had, I think, the nicest weekend um, that we ever have had together. Anytime they've come to visit me or we've been on vacation. Because to be honest, me and my dad always fight. And we did fight and I'll get into that. But um, LOL, not me spilling the tea. But I like to think of myself as like a great tour guide and host and person to travel with, like, but I can be kind of type A. So like a lot of people would totally disagree with that. And that's totally fair. Like everyone travels differently, but I'm so post like sightseeing. Like I think the TMZ tour I did with the girls when they came out in April was the last sightseeing thing I feel like I will ever do, except for something that I'm actually interested in because it's always just so disappointing and boring. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I all I got from my parents was a big mandate to like be chilled out. They just wanted to go for like little walks, coffees, nice food, but not expensive food, like very laid back and just like see a couple different things, but like nothing crazy. And they also sent me a list of like different foods they needed because like 10 hour flight is pretty long for them and they're staying with me from Thursday through till Sunday. So they wanted to have like snacks and stuff, especially on Thursday night when they got in. So anyway, I go pick them up, I bring them home and I got everything on that. So I actually spent like $300 or $200 at the fucking grocery store, but which I was so happy to do. I was so excited for them. But like, of course I forgot all the basics. Like they didn't say to me, get cow's milk and get butter. And like, I don't carry those things. You know what I mean? Not being a bitch, but like I only drink oat milk and I don't really have any need for butter because I'll just use olive oil and I, I don't like just eat plain toast, which was like my favorite thing to do when I was in Ireland. But like, I just never really do that here. I don't even have a toaster. So yeah, um, but I had enough things for them. The whole thing is last year when they came, my dad was like, I was like, do you want me to ha- get, have anything here? Like, I'm happy to get whatever you want. 
And they kept saying, no, 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 we don't need anything, sure, we don't need anything. And then they got here and they were literally roaming around opening presses and banging on things, being like, where are your pistachios? Where are your oranges? They're like, I don't, I don't eat these things. I'm a single person living on my own. Like, I don't, I personally don't eat pistachios unless I'm baking something once every two years. Like, I, I, like, step outside your own experience for two seconds. Why did you think I was going to have pistachios here? Anyway, it is beside the point. So I had the majority of things they wanted. They were plenty happy this time. Just a couple of things that they didn't appreciate. My dad said the oat milk was fine in his tea. So on Friday, we... I don't even remember what we did. If we did anything in the morning. I think I was just working... Yeah, I was working for the morning, had a couple had a couple calls, and then I drove them to the Century City Mall, and they, they kind of went around the mall, and I worked from La Cologne, which was lovely. Um, it's actually so nice to get out and work from a coffee shop every now and then. Been loving that. Actually done it twice since then. And then went to Spartina for happy hour, which I adore Spartina, especially the happy hour. It's such good value because it's such a gorgeous setting, gorgeous food. And like their prices are really good at happy hours, so it's so worth it. And they loved that. And I feel like that was my favorite part of the whole trip, just because we had a conversation about all these things that would usually totally trigger me and end up in a fight. And I don't know whether they approached it with a bit more respect or I am better able to handle things now, thanks to Lexi. I don't know, but we were not fighting. And... um but I was still being myself. I wasn't just being quiet. So I was really happy with that. And that was my one day of drinking last week. So that was fun. And then came back here, watched a movie. I think I did a bit of work. And then Saturday, we had such a lovely day. Went to two open houses in Studio City, North Hollywood, which they really loved. Went to a really nice relaxed breakfast went to a golf course my dad wanted to check out and then went to Costco and Dick's Sporting Goods, which they thought was fun, and then got dinner in Highland Park. So, like, it didn't really do anything, but did a lot, but, like, nothing, like, you know, we weren't, like, lining up at the Eiffel Tower. And it honestly was the best decision. And then um, I did have... Oh, I did take them to a park as well, and that's when I did have my fight moment because... I have this like growth on the side of my head and I did have it checked by a dermatologist before and the woman was like very, very dismissive and like didn't really put me at ease because you know when you just feel like they're not actually looking at it, they're just assuming that it's not cancer. That's how I felt, rightly or wrongly. So anyway, my mom stops me at one point when we're in the park. She's like, Kevin, what's that on the side of your head? And I was like, what? And she was like, are they spots or something? And I was like, well, I don't think so. That would be like unusual like a cluster of spots and then I don't know we figured out she was looking at this growth and there's two other growths and like lo and behold they've changed shape and color like amazing you know what I mean so obviously my heart kind of dropped because healthcare is so confusing and it's like now to find a dermatologist I have insurance but like American insurance is so annoying like I'll probably have to pay so much and then literally they will be like yeah yeah you're covered here you're with anthem yeah you're totally covered and then they'll send you a bill for 300 dollars for doing nothing that's before they even do anything that's just to be seen do you know what i mean 
it's just so infuriating and I was just like I just felt like it was cancer because there's now more than one growth and they've changed shape and color and whatever and my mom was like you know fine about it but my dad was like it's not he was just like yeah it's not, it's not cancer it's fine or it's not that it's just, like, sure how would you have cancer and I'm just like well maybe because we have such a family history of it and I live in a sunny place and I always have a short haircut like actually it kind of makes sense it's just like I don't it's not nice to be dismissed in a moment like that do you know what I mean anyway not me airing out my dirty laundry I'm not supposed to be doing that but I think it's a relatable story and it's not a big deal it's not like a personal attack on anyone's character that he did that but I think when somebody is nervous about something like that I think you just have to be like yeah okay well sure listen get it checked out and go from there do you know what I mean like there's nothing else you can really do but like don't try and like diminish their fear because it is a real fear right if you have these molds that are changing shape whatever I'm sure it's fine hopefully it's nothing and if it is something hoping they can hopefully they can just scout me and we can all move on also okay seeing as I'm already pretty much laying out the dirty laundry like the one thing about my parents and honestly and I said this to them like actually on Friday night but it just got worse and worse well there was one instance that was just the worst but I'm so sorry Irish people especially older Irish people cannot communicate in American restaurants for the fucking life of them and it is really baffling to me especially with the younger people I have some friends some of them live in New York that are not able to just communicate normally in a restaurant and it's it's so confusing to me because Americans speak way more clearly than us. Like, it's objective. I know that, obviously, accent is dependent on where you're from, right? Who you think has an accent. But, like, Americans speak slowly and clearly. And Irish people have, like, much more, like, going on with how we speak and stuff. And, like, anyway, I've just noticed... Like, it starts from the beginning. It just starts off on the wrong foot. Like, the waiter or the server will come over and be like, Hi, welcome in. Nice to see you today. Or something like that. And the Irish will be awkwardly be like, Hello. And then they'll like start, they'll just be like, Heads in menus. You know what I mean? Like, timid. Afraid. Like, dear. And the server will be like, Can I get you started with anything? Some um drinks some sparkling water and the Irish people will be like oh tap water tap water do you know what I mean it's like just kind of waving them away and it's just like do you know what just look at them in the eye and say I think we'll take a minute on the drinks but we'll have some tap water and then that'll just get you off to like a much better foot because you're actually kind of making them uncomfortable as well because you're being weird and I know that the Irish people are feeling uncomfortable they're feeling like attacked it's such a weird thing so this was going on all weekend and I'm playing the interpreter, but it came to a head on Sunday because I wanted to go to this gorgeous place I've been wanting to go to. It's called Doubting Thomas. My dad's name is Thomas. I thought it was funny. I was dropping them at the train station. It was halfway between here and there and they wanted to be at the train station one hour before their train left because they wanted to make sure they knew where it was. Um, it's not even a big train station, but okay. So we're like, we're like two hours ahead of the one hour drop off and we're driving to this restaurant and doubting Thomas it's in Filipino town and it's like pretty classic American breakfast menu, but like 
healthy and a little bit elevated. Anyway, it was pretty busy there. So we might have had to wait like 20 to 30 minutes to like it was counter service or whatever to like go up and get our number and sit down, find a table and have a like, you know, do the whole thing. My dad was just in an anxious mood, whatever. I wasn't really feeling it. So we ended up moving on, ended up finding a place. And we are like waiting, looking at the menus. There's no line here, but it's counter service again. So we're looking at the menus. It's a classic menu. You know what I mean? It's got omelets, sandwiches, salads, whatever, pancakes, like, you know, the regular. We're taking a minute to look at the menu. This girl starts like queuing behind us. Um, and I'm like, oh, you can go ahead. Like, we're not ready. Or like, we're not in line. And my mom's like, we're not in line. And I'm like, yeah, we're not. Like, we're not ready. And she's like, well, I'm ready. Are you ready, Tom? And my dad's like, I'll be ready in a second. And I'm just like, I wasn't going to make her wait for us. There's three of us. This is going to be a massive ordeal. Let this one woman go ahead and order her coffee and move on with her day. So that's all fine then they're like okay i'm ready my dad's like he we kind of we kind of nudge over to the top of the line and we're at the cashier and my dad says to me i'll have the traditional breakfast kev so i say to the to the man who has already heard my dad say that i say okay so we'll have one traditional breakfast and the cashier looks at my father and he says how would you like your eggs? And my dad says, what? So I say to my dad, how do you want your eggs? Do you want them scrambled, poached, boiled, fried? And he goes, oh, fried, fried. And the cashier is like, and do you want them? And he's just looking straight at my dad, even though I'm interpreting for my dad. The cashier is like, do you want them like easy, over easy, um, my dad's like, uh, what? What are the options? And he's like, easy over easy. And my dad like picks one, and then he's like, okay. And what bread do you want? We have whole wheat, sourdough, walnut raisin. He's speaking like this. I mean, I don't know what's so difficult to understand. And my dad is like, uh, what are the options again? My mom is cackling her little face off. Um, here's the options again. He just says the first one. And then, I mean, it's just like, why get the traditional breakfast? Because there's so many goddamn options. Then it's, do you want bacon or chicken apple sausage? And I mean, chicken apple sausage, it's far from chicken apple sausage we were reared. So that just sends him over the edge. Obviously, he chooses bacon through me, the interpreter. And then finally, it's, do you want fruit or potatoes? And my dad just looks to me and goes, fruit and potatoes? Uh, I was just like, as a side, I mean, I'm like, do you want fruit or do you want potatoes? I don't know how he can understand it when I say it, but he can't understand it when somebody else says it. It's, it's a weird thing. And my dad has an extreme case of it, but like, I'm looking at all of you Irish bitches because none of you, like the vast majority of you have very, very poor skills when it comes to this. Anyway, great weekend. They made it to the train an hour ahead I went on my day worked from Starbucks it was glorious um and they're in San Diego right now and I'm gonna meet them in Laguna Beach 
at the weekend and that's gonna be lovely but speaking of pride festivities shout out to mighty hoopla in the music festival in london i think i'm gonna have to go next year because they had nadine coyle do a full set she's never performed with such confidence and hilariousness and just comfort as a solo star so it's just so cool to see her find her sea legs and i just have such respect for gigging musicians that like she's not playing the o2 and she doesn't have everything done for her which is what she was used to in girls aloud like the fact that she has just picked up and kept going in the face of like a lot of slagging and also just like way lower budgets i think that's really cool and i mean this festival has had everything it had like i don't know is danny minogue there or she was just her songs were being played a lot but like Lisa Scott Lee got a big moment. She did an amazing solo set. She's such a good performer and she sang live and she's kind of considered the weakest female singer in Steps and she sounded amazing. Ollie Murs from the years and years brought out Kimberly Walsh and Nicola to sing The Promise. Just seems like a really special place for, oh, the Ladies of Liberty X performed. I mean, come on. And Michelle Heaton was giving it socks and I love Michelle Heaton. I mean, it really is my place. I follow um, Bradley Stern of the blog Mew Muse. Have done four years and just any gay who's like really into pop music, especially of that time, it's this is our place. And I think I really need to go next year. Una Healy has also mounted a comeback. My God, that girl is such a treasure. She's so gorgeous. She's so talented. She has this new song I call Walk Away, and it's about her short-lived throuple with, I don't even remember the guy's name, and the other girl. Like The whole thing is iconic, but she appeared on that big Irish podcast, My Therapist Ghosted Me with Vogue Williams, and oh my gosh, I can't remember the other host's name, and I went to her show in New York, and she was really funny. Anyway, she appeared on that. I haven't watched it yet, but she spoke about it. She spoke about the whole throuple thing. So me and Stephanie talked about this in an earlier episode, but Una Healy, Irish girl in the Saturdays, the British girl band that broke up years ago. She's two kids with some English rugby player who ended up cheating on her. So she's been a single mom in Ireland for years. And then, and like every now and then she releases music where she gets a gig as like a judge on the voice of Ireland or whatever but like has been kind of low-key but like her solo music has been really good she's kind of aloof as well like she acts like she has no clue but like i really respect that like she kind of keeps hustling she also has like a shoe collection and she still looks amazing but then at the same time she'll pop up with these random like hurler lads that like all my friends from limerick know and i'm just like shouldn't you be in london at like some industry event like i don't really understand what's going on here so that's a little odd but anyway she ended up in this trouble with this um attractive british boxer and his existing girlfriend and just seemed very out of character for her and they posted like all these cryptic instagram posts and then it started to get like a lot of traction and then suddenly she kind of broke it off i think she was just a bit embarrassed by it i don't really know but she spoke about it um on that podcast my therapist who ghosted me which I think will be a hilarious listen, but I kind of feel like she's playing like butter wouldn't melt. Not sure if that story is going to sell, but like, I don't really care. I support her regardless of what happened with the throuple. 
But anyway, she put out this new song called Walk Away. It's very um, country pop. Kind of reminds me of my friend's band Nine to Never. Um, she said the video is inspired by Coyote Ugly, but it's giving me full on Britney Spears in the Gimme More video. It's kind of like Pussycat Dolls inspired, like they're all wearing like ratched up denim shorts and like giving full on kind of Pussycat Doll dancing. But like it's also kind of a low budget video. But to be honest, like the energy is there and the charisma is there and the song could use like a bit of a beat, but like it's a good song. She's a really good artist, honestly. So shout out to her. Love her. Guys, I'm literally not even going to edit this episode one bit, by the way. I'm just going to shove it up. But here's the main topic I wanted to talk about. Philip Schofield. This has been huge in the UK and Ireland over the last couple of weeks. And I've been keeping an eye on it. And as always, I have a lot to say. So for anyone who is listening that doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about, Philip Schofield is this English presenter, former presenter of a show called This Morning on ITV, which is a big network over there. And This Morning obviously being like Good Morning America or any of those shows, whatever, everyone has one. He's He's been with the network for 40 years plus and has presented that show for, I would say, must be 20 years or something. And this is where, listen, if you're looking for like a chronological episode of everything that happened, it's done in a really good, well, storytelling fashion. I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm just going to flow out with my thoughts on this just because that's just where I'm at right now. But the first thing I just want to say is like, I have, have enjoyed this morning. I've never watched like a full episode, but I have been known to enjoy like the YouTube clips, I would say five to 10 years ago when they did a lot of like really clickbaity segments like I regret my transition or like I have or they'd have debates they'd have like a woman with nine kids who lived off of benefits and they'd have like a woman with no kids arguing like she shouldn't be doing that they'd have them on together and it would be Philip and Holly Holly Willoughby who's like kind of a national treasure over in England um as the presenters now the way that these presenters get so popular is kind of confusing to me because they're so mild-mannered and it's really not my style and this is not meant to be disrespectful but like both phil and holly to me are so mild-mannered and like plain milk that i don't really get it but people get really attached and i do get it in the sense that if you are someone who watches this every day even if it's just on in the background like let's say you're a teenager and your mom throws it on while you're getting ready for school every morning. Like it becomes just a part of your routine. And these people start to feel like people you know and things like that. So I totally understand that because I have the same thing about all the people that I pay attention to. And I also have this theory that like when people are so mild-mannered like that, you kind of just imprint your own imagination on them. That's kind of like my theory of how like Dua Lipa is a thing. No offense, but like she doesn't really express too much outwardly, which is totally her prerogative. But I feel like then when you don't express that much outwardly and you just present as very plain, 
everybody can kind of make all these assumptions about you to make up to like imprint their idea of like what a pop star is or like what a friendly face on television is in the case of philip and holly but like i said like for me not interesting and honestly especially phil like he's so mild-mannered it's like inverted like he reminds he just reminds me of like if i lived in england and had like an annoying neighbor who was like nice and everything but like just annoying like there's just no personality shown whatsoever it's like weird like church of england vibes i don't know holly like kind of the same thing but at least like you can like look at her hair and stuff and she's pretty so anyway so they've been presenting it for years and there's this other couple on english tv eamon holmes and ruth langsley who i adore they're like i think Eamon is Scottish or something um, and now the Eamon and Ruth are like a little bit older they're probably 10 or 15 years older than Holly and Willoughby Holly and Philip and they're actually married sorry Holly and Phil, uh, Philip are not married at all um, Holly is like separately married and Phil was married but anyway Ruth and Eamon are a couple and they're both really big TV stars on daytime TV as well and they have kind of they're still like very accessible to everyone maybe it's just compared to holly and philip but like to me they've got a lot more personality going on Eamon is quite funny and maybe it's just because he seems more irish i don't know and ruth as well like i don't know it seems a bit more they actually have always seemed a bit more real to me so i'm just starting there because to me this story takes like such a turn in so many different directions so and then I'll go to this. Okay, so then in 2020, I think the end of 2020, um, I don't know if he had already announced that he was being divorced, but Philip announced that he was gay. And kind of like when those things are like not really that much of a surprise to anybody who like pays attention, but at the same time, I end up thinking that everyone's gay and they're not. Like, I kind of think that everyone who has not like this super masked personality, I kind of just assume that they could be gay which is totally not the case. Like people can have all sorts of different personalities. But anyway, long story short, like Philip came out as gay and um, I definitely watched, I don't remember it now, but I'm sure I watched the segment after it happened and he was very emotional and they did a whole thing. I think the four of them sat down because basically Phil and Holly have been the longtime presenters of the show, but like every now and then they take, maybe they take summers off or you know, it's a long running thing. People have to step in. So there's been, Eamon and Ruth have been kind of like alternate presenters. And there's also this other really fun duo, um, Alison Hammond and Dermot O'Leary. They're also great. They're like younger than all of them. So all working together, whatever. So Philip comes out. Then basically in the last like two weeks, everything is just blown up for poor Philip. Well, I'm going to say poor Philip because basically, not even poor Philip, but I don't really care like for Philip that much. But like, this has just gotten insane and there's a lot of hysteria involved in my opinion. But basically, it's come, it's, there was a lot of like rumblings on social media that then got too large to ignore and it spilled over and then like statements were put out. And I think it was decided that like too much damage was done and Philip ends up being probably forced to resign or being fired 
or if not being fired, then like as good as being fired by ITV. Because it turns out that Philip had been having an affair while he was married with a young staffer, young male staffer on the show. Um, yeah, and then the relationship, I think, continued a bit after he probably wasn't married or whatever. And it's extra controversial because Philip met this, while they say the staffer was 20 and 21 when the relationship became romantic or sexual, Philip knew him when he was like 15 and he helped him get a job on the show and it later became, according to their story, it later became a romantic relationship. So to me, I'm just not understanding why this is so controversial. Do you know what I mean? Like we already know Philip is gay and his marriage ended. So it's not really a surprise that he started exploring being gay before the marriage ended. Because like, I just don't think that most like, and not saying that that's ethical or okay, but like however long he was married to this woman, like you don't just like turn around and become gay and announce it to your wife and you and announce it to on national TV. You're probably going to do like a little bit of exploration to like be sure that it's actually it's actually what's going on with you. Like, so I think that we can all like not be shocked by that part. Right. But the part that's obviously disturbing to people is well, how old was he when this really happened? And was this Philip's intention all along because he was so young and whatever? And to that, I say, like, yeah, those are real concerns. I do get that. I take back what I said earlier. Like, I get I get why people are freaked out by that and kind of grossed out by that and bothered by that. But I just have to say, like, to me, it's like innocent until proven guilty. We just don't really have any evidence that I've seen that that's what he was full on intending, that that happened. And I just think that we have to give people the benefit of the doubt because going for groomer pedophile, which is the word, which are the words that are being used against Philip very, very commonly online is so... um like I just think that we need to keep those for the people who are full on confirmed groomers and pedophiles um, because that's a very serious disgusting vile thing and you just want to have like we are ruining this person's life calling him that not even taking away the job not firing him for lying about the affair to everyone whatever else um that's all like fair game but like to kind of publicly stone him and call him a groomer and a pedophile like i think that's i think that's like a little bit hysterical because again there's no insinuation by anybody that they actually were well there's insinuation but there's no there's no type of like there's no smoking gun that like anything happened before they were a certain time or whatever and to be honest like I don't know like Philip was I know there's an age thing and a power dynamic totally but like Philip was probably in a bit of a vulnerable place and I I do know that sometimes older gay men 
like can be very naive and, and really emotionally undeveloped because they never got to have like normal experiences growing up because they were already always like hiding themselves. Now that's absolutely not a justification to do something illegal or unethical. Like I'm not defending that at all, but I'm just saying like if the man is 50 or whatever he is and the other and his co-worker is 20, like they might not be as far apart emotionally like as you might think or like obviously the 50 year old might be developed in some ways emotionally that the 20 year old isn't but like also vice versa because philip obviously had like philip obviously was like you know going through whatever he was fucking going through i mean jeremy clarkson who was recently cancelled for like suggesting that Meghan Markle roam down the street naked and everybody can shout shame at her or something like that. Jeremy Clarkson of Top Gear, he's been cancelled like several times over, came out in his column and said, I don't really, I've never seen a witch hunt like this and I don't think that Philip is guilty of anything that he's, and except the, for what he said he was guilty of, which is being gay. And I don't know, it's a weird world when Jeremy Clarkson starts to make sense to me. I just think like you know we kind of do think it's weird that leo dicaprio is dating all these young girls but like if we found out that leo dicaprio had sex with like a 17 year old girl i mean i think we already know that that's been happening you know what i mean um so i don't think that that's okay and i don't think it's okay if philip did it either um but it's an if because the thing is like with philip like this is the only time that we've heard about anything like this so i'm just not like if usually if this is a chronic case we would now already have like four a handful of other people coming forward and being like the same thing happened to me philip asked me was i interested in television and he got me a job and then like he brought me to his changing room to, like we're not hearing those stories and there's a reason why and i think i just uh, maybe I'm too pure-hearted, but, like, my assumption is to, like, give the man a bit of benefit of doubt. Like, maybe this is the only time it happened or, like, whatever. Like, the guy was the guy was not... The guy was overage. I just... I, I'm just getting totally lost. And I know these are controversial opinions, but, like, I just have to... Even among people who are allies, this is striking a nerve. But, like, this is this is hysteria and this is homophobia. Like, it is... If it was Eamon Holmes who had a relationship with a runner, you know, who was 20, like, we'd all be reading about it. I'd be into it. I'd be reading about it. Like, I love the drama of everything, just like I am now. But, like, we wouldn't be calling him groomer and pedophile. Groomer and pedophile? Like, 18, 20, 21, 20 and 21. And people are posting pictures of the 20 and 21 year old guy being like, oh my God, he looks no more than 12. And I'm just like, mm, no, he doesn't. He's like, I think he's like taller than Philip. Anyway, poor guy getting his stuff blasted all over everywhere. It's like so mortifying for everyone. But, and listen, like I feel bad. I feel bad for him and I feel bad for, I don't really feel that bad for Philip. I just don't think that like we should be stoning him publicly like this. Anyway, I'm going to move on from that part of the story. Because here's where things get really juicy from my perspective, because I'm not really that interested in that part of it. I'm actually more interested in the drama between Philip and Eamon Holmes and Ruth Langsley. 
So before I catch you up, what I'm like, the snapshot is Eamon Holmes has been going so hard against Philip since this has started to come out. And beforehand, he's been very loose. So Eamon being, he used to be like the alternate presenter on this morning, but him and Ruth were let go in like November 2020 after Philip came out, like early 2020. And they were said to be shocked and um, upset about it at the time and never got a proper answer. And I'll say more about that. But long story short, Eamon has been going really hard against Philip, just basically saying all sorts of nasty things about him and saying like, oh, like the man is such a liar, lie, 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 like horrible person. He's been doing this for ages and ITV knew and everyone knew and blah, blah, blah. And like, maybe I should listen to him because it seems really out of character for him to attack anyone in this way. It's definitely not the character that he presents. But I, and I just don't think it's a good look. But I also think that there's a lot of ego and narcissism going on in daytime TV and I'm obsessed with that. But also, I think Eamon might be just getting confused. There's a lot of um, really solid-seeming reporting going around that kind of suggests that Philip was a bit of a snake at work and, you know, manipulated people and made sure he had the power and wanted to keep other presenters who could have been potential threats, like Eamon and Ruth, or Jeremy Leary and Allison, or some of the female presenters he worked with in the past, or anybody else. It sounds like he did things to make sure that they kept their place and he kept his place as the whole top dog of daytime at ITV. And like, as much as I think that that's like not sign of a great character, I think that like that's what the majority of them would do given the chance. And it sounds like Eamon is just really bitter because he really wanted Philip's job. Like, let's just be so honest. He really wanted Philip's job. But let's go back to the start of the review. This is so interesting to me. So there's recaps of this in the Daily Mail and the Telegraph. There's been so much that it's way too much to go actually through chronologically. But like, it's actually wild how loose-lipped Eamon has been. And I want to say also it's because he joined GB News, which is, I think, like, the UK's version of, like, OAN. Or, like, it's, like, a crazy, like, nationalist new network where they're, like, very, very loose. It's probably getting really popular because of this, but I wonder if this is his real personality or if he's just putting... If it's a shtick that he's putting on because he's with this network now, but... Like, the thing is, so he they got let go in 2020 and, like, they kind of went hard and, like, went against ITV. And I just don't know why they didn't just hang around and wait for their moment because their other, their other good shows that they could have gone on at ITV, which I think is, like, the most, the best network in the UK. It's, like, the most, it's the one that I'm most familiar with, apart from Channel 4 and BBC. And so they could have gotten onto other shows and just bided their time and been like the good company people until Philip and Holly blew up, imploded on their own. Do you know what I mean? And then they could have taken the spot if that's what they wanted. It's all just weird to me. So they went the other way and now they can never go back to ITV because you just don't hire someone who says all this about your company, right? Anyway, so 
Here are some of the things that Eamon has said about Philip. He's a chief narcissist, didn't know the names of any of his staff. He called him delusional and a liar. He's done interviews about him. I'm just looking at one now. Nobody rates him. Philip Schofield, the toxicity is with you. He created an apps where people hated him. Um, like Eamon actually doesn't look well. He looks a bit sick and he looks like really unhinged. And, oh God, I feel really bad because he seems like such a sweet guy and I kind of feel like he's thriving on the drama like a little bit too much. And I just think he's going to regret, he, I think he should regret this because there's one thing for saying, listen, he's not that nice of a guy. He didn't remember any of his people's names. Um, blah, blah, blah. And, th- and feeling like you should have been the one to have that spot. And then it's another thing to pile onto someone who's been called a groomer and a pedophile. Um, like, that's just like a line, guys. I'm sorry, it's a line. And all Philip has said is, now I no longer work on this morning. I'm free to say this. I hope you've noticed that it's the same handful of people with a grudge against me or the show who seem to have the loudest voice, blah, 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 blah. Eamon even responded to that. Like, he responds to everything... So they began working together on This Morning 2006 when Eamon joined the program four years after his arrival. So there you go. Philip was with it 22 years. They were never close but appreciated each other's broadcasting styles and worked professionally alongside each other, according to insiders. But everything changed in 2019 when Eamon and his wife Ruth filed an official complaint against Philip. Now, the public catalyst that we know about is... Ruth co-hosts this show called Loose Women, which is like the British version of The View. And they were like linking to each other and Philip cut Ruth off and said, guys, we're going to have to jump in there and stop you, I'm afraid, because we're a bit time tied for time at this end. Thank you, Ruth. And Ruth was pissed off and she said, well, I only had about two more words to say. And she looked away. And apparently that's what they complained about, but it sounds like they probably had like a few things in their complaint. It sounds like Philip wasn't, didn't like them or selectively liked them or um, just made sure, I don't know, just made sure to stay on top. And I think that that's, you know, not good. I'm not defending that. But I also think that Ruth and Eamon really bought hurt because they wanted that goddamn spot. Like, get over it. Like, you're clearly better. Like... Eamon says, I don't go for presenters who think they have a special privilege or aura or influence, but he did have a special privilege or or aura or or, or influence. I'm not saying he's better than you. I'm not saying he deserved it. I'm just saying this is the reality, love. Like you're working, this is capitalism. You work on a TV show. They get to decide who their star is and everybody works around the star and they didn't choose you as a star for whatever reason. Like it may not be fair, but you should just let it go. I don't get it. So when Philip came out on TV, he did it sitting down beside Holly, his co-host on the sofa with Ruth and Eamon on the other one. And he was very nervous. He kept saying thank you over and over again. Now, obviously everybody will say that he's fake and it was all put on whatever. I tend to believe, I tend to believe it's pretty real and he is actually pretty milk warm, lukewarm and you know, just like this. I mean, people are different. Like, not everybody is, like, so evil and has a double life. So, um, 
Eamon made a number of jokes that uh, at the time a lot of people considered were in poor taste. Um, oh God, there's actually a whole, there's a timeline, there's a recap of the timeline, which is, yeah, maybe I'll get into that after this. There's a, recap, there's a good recap of the timeline here in this Daily Mail article. So when Philip was coming out, Eamon made a couple jokes to lighten the mood and he was criticised for it publicly because at this time, like, Twitter is very going to be very pro-Philip and anti-Eamon because it's seen as insensitive because he makes a joke like, I'm disappointed in a couple of ways. First of all, I thought you were going to announce that you'd resigned and I could have your job, but that wasn't to be, which is obviously one of those Freudian things, right? He's making it a joke, but there's a lot of truth in it. But I respect him for making that joke, you know what I mean? And not being afraid of the truth that he probably that he obviously wants the job um makes another joke about philip and holly sharing a hot tub together and philip tweets that he appreciated Eamon trying to lighten the mood and that they had been him and ruth had been so supportive of him and like again i'm just like to be honest this is showing philip as having better character than Eamon, because philip is the one that's supposed to be this like awful diva and evil person well, he could have let Eamon drown in that. If he wanted to get rid of Eamon at any moment, that would have been that would have been the time. You know what I mean? Pile on when Twitter is piling on saying that you're insensitive. And he didn't do that. But and Eamon is not returning the favor because he's piling on. Yeah. Um, there's more like just drama, like apparently Eamon was pissed when Philip misspelled his name in his memoir every time he was mentioned then Eamon and Ruth get fired from this role and replaced by German O'Leary and Alison Hammond like I I don't think that that would have been a Philip decision do you know what I mean they probably were like oh we need a younger other couple and obviously Philip and Holly are kind of bigger stars like it is what it is babe Life's not fair. Do you know what I mean? Okay, I think I might have hit pause at the wrong moment there. So that might have skipped something, but whatever. I mean, this goes on and on. Like, Eamon even says Holly is being as false as Philip is. Like, um,. He says, I could give you a list of the lack of kindness and lack of awareness from both of them, how they would socialize and the people around them. But in fairness, like they're, they're anchors of a show, like they're not going to, like they're probably under a lot of personal pressure. It's not their job to make everyone feel amazing. And if they can do that, then that's, that makes them so special. But like, I don't know. I mean, give us the examples, you know what I mean? Anyway, Holly also is distancing herself majorly from him. And Philip is also very apologetic. And I just think, like, um, maybe that's actually, maybe that's telling. Because I honestly think if this was just an affair that started when the boy was, like, 20, 21, what are you apologizing for, babe? What are you apologizing for? I just think this is so different. This is not, like, this is not, like, I don't know he was 
having an affair with someone and then like he he stopped the person's career from thriving they had a bit of a fling in in work there's an age difference and that's the end of it that's all that has to be so the fact that he's so apologetic i think is a mistake and i think the mob like doesn't let go you can't show weakness to the mob you show strength and you stay where you are that's what i believe so i mean maybe the story is worse than we're being told and that's why he's apologetic because he's like i don't know like secretly feels guilty or afraid and kind of does want forgiveness god knows but anyway it's been a fascinating time or just like the first thing i thought when i heard this whole story was just like i just we just don't need any gay people to fuck up right now because there's so much anti-lgbtq stuff going on so it honestly i didn't want to hear it it made my heart sink but then as i learned more i was just like well, hang on, I don't really get how this is bad. Anyway, if the guy was 20 and 21. So anyway, I know this is a bit controversial. This is just my opinion based on the information that I have at the moment. Because obviously, if more comes out and Phil is guilty of much worse things, then I absolutely do not support. And in general, I don't really support him anyway. I just don't support the mob mentality against him for having an affair with a 21 year old man if that's what happened okay guys i am signing off this has been a 48 minute fucking episode and just wasn't really the plan but like sometimes you get on one and like i'm glad i needed to kind of let that out of me um and do let me know what you think because i think this is i know this is a controversial one so yeah dm me or whatever let me know what you think okay gotta go do my work have the best week love you so much bye thank you for listening we appreciate you this has been allegedly fabulous with kevin loftus and stephanie hogan Please give us a rating and review. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear your take. You can follow us at Allegedly Fabulous everywhere. That's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. On Twitter, we are at Allegedly Fab. And you can get me at Kevin T. Loftus, K-E-V-I-N-T-L-O-F-T-U-S. And Stephanie is at Steph Hogan, S-T-E-P-H-H-H-O-G-A-N. Thanks, Emil, and see you next time.